so verifying client identity when not face to face uh this can be found in bylaw 7.1 section 23 sub a to sec uh sub a to sub 11 so the bylaw also contains a special provisions for verifying identity when an individual client or third party cannot meet with the paralegal in person right so if there's a um client or you know, and they, you know, they can't meet with the paralegal in person, then the bylaw has special provisions for um, identifying the individual's uh, identity. So it says if the client uh, or third party is within Canada, the paralegal may accept the attestation of a commissioner of oaths or a person uh, designated in section 23 sub 9 of bylaw 7.1. So if the client or third party is within Canada, then the paralegal may accept the attestation of a commissioner of oaths. So what is what is an attestation? Attestation uh, means that the attesting person looking at the appropriate independent documents will have to provide the paralegal with a legible photocopy of the documents that the attesting person has signed on which the attesting person has included his or her name, profession, address, and the type and number of the identification documents provided by the client. Okay. So basically, they get like the um the client or individual gets another person to look at the their appropriate independent documents, right? And then this person uh provides the paralegal with a legible photocopy of the documents that that the attesting person has signed, right? So this person will sign the documents uh, and then, you know, they will also include their name, their profession, address, and the type and number of the identification documents provided by the client. So let's say if the client or third party is outside of Canada or within Canada, but the paralegal is not meeting the client face-to-face and is not using the attestation method of verification, then the paralegal may use an agent for verification of identity as long as the paralegal and agent enter into a written agreement that specifies the steps the agent will take on the paralegal's behalf to comply with the verification requirement. So let's say if the um if the paralegal let's say if the client or third party is outside of Canada but with or within Canada but you know the paralegal is not meeting them face to face then uh and and they don't, and they are also not using the attestation method of verification then they may use an agent for verification of identity identity um, and then they would have to, like the paralegal and agent has to have to enter into a written agreement that specifies the steps the agent will take on the paralegal's behalf to comply with the verification requirement. And then the written agreement must be entered into before the agent acts on behalf of the paralegal to verify the identity of a client or third party. Okay. So next is previous identity, uh, previous identification and verification. This is uh, bylaw seven point one section twenty three, uh, subsection two point one, subsection three, subsection eleven and twelve. Um, it says a paralegal is considered to have complied with identification requirements for an individual or an organization if the person in the 
paralegal's firm, example, an employee, another paralegal or lawyer acting on behalf of the paralegal complies with the identifica- complies with the identification requirements, right? So let's say if I work in a law firm and then there's a person in my law firm, um, that could be another, like, that could be an employee, another paralegal or lawyer. They're acting on behalf of me and they comply with the identification requirements. So it means that I have also complied with the identification requirements, right? Uh, for an individual or an organization. What is this? Uh... So a paralegal is considered to have complied with the verification requirements if in the case of a client or a third party who is an individual, the paralegal has previously complied with the verification requirements and the paralegal recognizes the individual and in the case of a client or third party that is an organization, the paralegal or an individual acting on the paralegal's behalf have previously has previously complied um, with both verification requirements and identification requirements in respect of the organization. Um, when relying on a previous verification for any client or third party, a paralegal should confirm that the information and documents initially obtained to, ver- to verify the identity of the client or third party are current, current and valid, right? So if... Um, like let's say that I've already identified, I've already verified this client before, or th- um this client, client or third party before. I have to confirm that the information and documents that I'm using to verify their identity is like current and and valid and up to date. They're not like expired documents, right? Oh yay! My order is coming. I ordered burritos. I'm so excited for my burritos. <laughs> Yeah, this reading and like, you know, reading and going over these notes and like trying to explain them to myself and trying to break it down is making me hungry. So, here we go. I got it. I ordered fat bastard burritos. <laughs> oh my god. That name always gives me a chuckle. Anywho, next is records. This can be found in bylaw 7.1, section 23, subsection 13 and 14. So, when a paralegal is required to identify a client or third party, the paralegal must retain a record of the identifying information obtained, right? So, if I'm identifying a client or a third party, then I have to obtain a, a record of um I have to obtain a record of the identifying information, right? So, I have to get records of it, right? So that like I have it in my own records. Like, for example, if I'm using, like, a birth certificate or a driver's license to uh, to verify a person's identity, then I have to also, like, fo- like, photocopy that, like, and keep it in my own records as well, right? Uh, when a paralegal is required to verify the identity of the client or third party, the paralegal must retain a, a copy of ver- every document used for verification, right? So as I said, like, um, they, um, a paralegal, we are required to verify the identity of the client or third party. And we also have to re- make a copy of every document used for verification and then keep it, like, in our records. So, 
and also a copy of every document used by an agent who has undertaken the verif uh, who has undertaken to verify the identity of a client or a third third party on behalf of the paralegal right so let's say we're using an agent to verify um the the identity of the client on our behalf or the, to identify to identify the um to identify a client or third party on our behalf then we um we also have to include a copy of every document used by the agent the record of the identifying information and copies of, of every document used for ver verification must be kept for the longer or of the duration of the professional relationship with the client and for so long as it's necessary to, to provide service to the client, right? So we have to keep a record and copies of these uh, of every document used for verification um for the duration of the professional relationship right with a client so and as long as it is necessary to provide service to a client and six years following the completion of the work for which the paralegal was retained so um let's say i have a client and then i got like i um i, I retained a client in 2000 um Um, just give me one second. I need to grab something. Where is this? Okay, so uh, six years. Uh, the uh, six years following the completion of the work for which the paralegal was retained right so let's say i have uh john came to me and retained my services so whatever documents uh i um i got from john to verify his identity i have to keep those doc documents six years following the completion of the work for which i was retained um next is uh withdrawal obligations this is bylaw 7.1 section 24 it says the bylaw also outlines circumstances where during the course of identifying or verifying the identity of a client or third party the paralegal must withdraw right so there are circumstances where like you know in the process of identifying or verifying the identity of a client or third party the paralegal must draw so if the paralegal like no like if for if for an instance like if the paralegal finds out that he or she would be assisting the client in fraud or other legal other illegal conduct then the paralegal must immediately cease engaging in any activities that would assist the client in fraud or other illegality right so that's no no it's like you need to cancel right away <laughs> if Unable to do so, the paralegal must withdraw from acting for the client, right? This obligation applies whether the paralegals, whether the paralegal's suspicions uh, are aroused during the identification and verification process or, in, or at any time during the retainer, right? So if the paralegal gets um, suspicious, give me one second. Yeah, so if the paralegal get suspicious at any time during the retainer then they have to withdraw so it says under the paralegal rules paralegals have a duty um, to withdraw in cases where the client's con conduct or proposed conduct is dishonest fraudulent 
criminal or illegal and despite the paralegal's advice the client insists on continuing with such conduct right so if i'm representing john or this is an example and john is dishonest fraudulent criminal and doing illegal activities and i've advised i've advised john not to do so and they and and i've advised him against this conduct and john continues with this conduct then i have to withdraw from representation right so next i'm going to discuss competence uh so uh i will discuss competence in the next chapter and i will come back and do that on my next readings i'm so excited for my burrito man like i'm so excited like i can't wait to eat my burritos um take care and stay safe